Welcome to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. Your hosts, Danielle Sullivan, National Director at Curriculum Associates, and Sari Liberis, Senior Manager, Marketing Operations at Curriculum Associates, are here to share actionable tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your teaching and drive student learning. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Hey, everyone, it's Danielle. Hey, everyone, it's Sari. Welcome back to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. We know there's a lot happening right now, and we hope we can provide you with insights, tips and best practices, and breathing room from the critical work you do. We are here to support teaching and learning wherever it is taking place. And we are super excited today to have with us a very special guest, Nanika Brathwaite, one of our wonderful national directors at Curriculum Associates. So welcome, Anika. We are so excited to have you here. If you don't mind just introducing yourself to our listeners, that would be a great place to start. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. Um, again, my name is Nanika Brathwaite, and I am a national director with Curriculum Associates, and I'm so excited to be here. I am a former middle school math teacher. Sixth grade was my jam. Um, and I was also a professional development coach as well as K-12 math instructional facilitator. So I've worn many hats in my career, but one thing that always gets connected is my work with teachers. I love working with teachers. Well, we are very happy to have you join our team. And what I'd love for you to talk about today, what are some things in the realm of um, education or passion projects or topics that you're super excited about right now? Well, I think um, one word that we've been hearing thrown around for the past couple of years, but, you know, even so, you know, even more recently is equity. And equity through discourse is a passion of mine because I believe that in a classroom and, you know, I'm speaking from a math educator standpoint, but I'm sure this is true across the board, just being able to have equitable instructional practices, giving students voice in the classroom is a way for us to be able to promote the equity that we say we want to see. And I think that a lot of times we may not realize that some of our practices that we've become so accustomed to, you know, doing and that seem to work for us sometimes supports inequity. And, you know, sometimes it's about really taking a look at yourselves and seeing what are some things that I can do a little bit differently to ensure that that equity is really happening across my classroom. And I'm trying to meet the needs of all of my students. When thinking about equity and discourse, what are some teacher moves? Because hopefully teachers love listening to this podcast for actionable, tactical things they can do tomorrow. So what are some really good things for teachers to consider either mindset shifts or or particular moves or habits that uh, will help? I think that um, one thing we have to do is be able to set expectations, high expectations for our students. Oftentimes we go into a classroom and, you know, depending on the population that you're teaching, this may not happen so much if you're teaching students that have been labeled gifted and talented, but we know that even in those classrooms, we have students of varying um, performance levels, varying um, weaknesses and strengths. And I think it's important for us to know that we have to understand that every child comes to us with a gift, whether they are, you know, striving to do better in a particular area in their classroom, 
And we have to be mindful of the kinds of expectations that we set for students. So we want to be able to have high quality work for students. We should expect that even if students are struggling, maybe, you know, reading a grade or two level below, that that still means that we can give them grade level access to instruction. Because that to me is a way in which we can show respect to our students as well because the last thing a student wants is to be 13 years old reading something that was intended for a seven or eight year old. Even if that's where, you know, they are currently reading, we still want to be able to give them things that speak to them as far as where they are in their lives. So I think one thing that we need to make sure we're doing is setting high enough expectations and understanding that even when students are still striving, they are able to access some of that grade level material. So, so important. Um, I'm wondering too, what you mentioned earlier about kind of the pitfalls and that, you know, we might have muscle memory of teaching a certain way. Based on your experience and what you've read about in the research and seen in classrooms, are there certain practices that you think it's best that folks stop doing and that they start doing something else? What are those some things that they might be doing not on purpose, of course, but mm -hmm. that might not be providing the most equitable classroom as possible, especially as it pertains to discourse. So I think that um, one of the things that we probably don't do well enough is really analyze our data and use it to drive instruction as we say that's what we want to do. And sometimes that comes down to teachers not really knowing where to begin, where to, you know, where do I start? I know this child is reading in this particular area or performing math in this area, and I may be struggling. I think sometimes we don't do what we should because we may also have weaknesses in some of those areas. So we have to understand, hey, you know, I might need to read up a little bit more on this background for this particular topic that I'm teaching so that I can come out of my, you know, my box that I put myself in because. You know, sometimes you'll hear educators say, I'm not really a math person, but you're still expected to teach math. You're still ex expected to teach standards-based work. Um, you're still expected to teach that grade level content. So sometimes that means, you know what? I'm gonna have to dig a little deeper myself because if we are teachers, that means we are learners still. We should be lifelong learners. We should always be looking for better ways to do those things. So instead of kind of defaulting to what's comfortable for us or the way we were taught, we have to look at things like the research and what it shows as far as involving students more in the process, making the classroom more of a student-centered environment where that discourse, as I talked about equity through discourse, it's about giving students voice, giving them an opportunity to share the way that they're thinking about approaching this problem instead of us front loading all of that information. Sometimes teachers want to be able to bail students out and you know rescue them. And sometimes that's done to their detriment because then they never really learned this for themselves or you know stumbled upon this this bright idea, this different way to look at something because we just kind of pigeonholed them and said, hey, this is the way that I do it, you should do it too. It doesn't always speak to them in the same way that it speaks to us. So we have to be willing to let them try and help them understand that making mistakes are okay and we're in this together because the best example of that is to be able to even admit to them, hey, you know, when I was in your grade, and I had to learn this, I, I had trouble with it as well. 
and, you know, just giving them an opportunity to see that teachers are human too, and we make mistakes as well, and um, that we are actually learning together. You said so many great things there. <laughs> you could talk about <laughs> each of those practices for a long time, but I think really just generally speaking, a lot of times, like when you go to professional development or you are learning how to become a teacher, it's very like, you know, methodical, do X, Y, Z, look at the data. But I think what you said is so important, mm-hmm. starting with ourselves, like just pausing for a second, what biases my I might be bringing to the table or why did I want to approach it this way? Have I have a bad accident, shut down certain, you know, ways of thinking because I'm not comfortable with them, knowing what our strengths and weaknesses are, and then being vulnerable and sharing that with your students. Because like you said, we all have our strengths and teachers do too. And for, for kids to see that is super powerful because they can understand, okay, so it's, you know, I can take risks here. I feel safe. You know, my teacher makes mistakes too and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So really appreciate your yeah. insights there. Awesome. So unfortunately that's all the time we have for today, but before we leave you, I would love for you to give any advice or just a, a glimmer of hope for educators as they're listening to this, something that, um, advice maybe you wish you had when you were a teacher we'd like to end with some positive advice for educators I think um what's important again is to look outside of ourselves and our own experiences and be open to exploring different ways of doing things just you know we have so much information at our fingertips now than we ever did before when I started teaching over 20 years ago I didn't have half as many resources that are available to us now. And I think that the internet is our friend <laughs> and it's helpful to, you know, immerse yourself in other groups where there are other educators so that you can learn from them and be able to implement some of the things that you see them talking about, just giving it a try, having a growth mindset and really just opening up to the idea of letting go of the range just a tad and letting students really have the experience that they need. Because I think when you look at it, teachers really want students to thrive, but we have to be willing to let go of some of those things, those crutches that we've hold, you know, held on to for so long um, and be willing to do things a little bit differently. Just give it a try. There's no way that our students are going to do that if we don't show them that that's what people should do in order to be able to grow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your insight. Thank you for sharing um, your experience. We appreciate you. And Sari, where can they find us if they want more from all the things? Thanks, Danielle. Thank you again for being here, Nanika. It was so great to chat. <laughs> so you can follow along as always on Twitter at Curriculum Asoch and on Instagram at MyIready and tag us in your post too so we can see the work you do every day. If you have feedback about the podcast, a topic of interest, or want to be a guest, email extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe where you listen to podcasts and review an episode if you feel inclined so we can reach more educators like you. This is about you. We are here for you. So until we meet again, be you, be true, be extraordinary. This podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates and is the copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates.